we are gonna spin that wheel. All right, here we're gonna do. We're gonna do our years. I know Milo wants some '90s action, so I'm rooting for you, bro. But I can't control. I can't control what the wheels do. We'll see. All right, here we go. Ready? Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 1981. 1981. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and it went past, and I thought it was going to land on your 90s because you had I 1998, 1990. It's kind of like back in the day when you used to watch uh, the Bob Barker Prizes Right, those those wheel spins, and yep. it's about to hit that 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 dollar, but then it goes over, and you're like, oh, sucks to be you. Yeah. Let me guess. Next will be television. Well, we got to see. And again, I got our little logo here. Okay, you ready? Yep. Oh, books. Books. Interesting. We don't do a lot of book stuff. Okay. Books. So we gotta we gotta figure out some kind of 1981 in books, which yep. is strange. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's our um? All right. Oh, so a we got a case of like a versus. Oh, cool. Okay, that should be interesting. <laughs> so, so 1981, we got to like pit two books against each other. Yeah, that should be uh, that should be interesting. These wheel spins get weird. People uh, probably like they probably like look at some of our subjects, and we don't always put that it was a wheel spin. And and sometimes it's like, yeah, 1981, this book versus that book, and people are probably, like, how do you come up with this? Well, this mm -hmm. is how we do it, people. Sometimes, and then sometimes we do come up with it on our own. Actually, yeah, that's true. <laughs> sometimes, like we the come 1992 Peabody Awards. Who, that's who, right. Who thought of that? All right, so that's Off we're going to go for. It. Here we go into the future. And now we're back. It's been a while. Yeah, we we uh, did this wheel spin a month or so ago, maybe even two. No, it's been it's been a while. Mm. But I, that's what happens when you. When you spin stuff and it says, hey, you got to go read books. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to go read books. That's what we did for you guys. We yeah. read books. <laughs> this, this is how dedicated we are to this show. Is we, and not only that, books on like negotiating and management that were written yeah. in the 80s. Like, yeah. And we love that stuff. So that's good. And, and did, do they know? Do I do I remember? Did, do, do, no, we haven't said the what books. we went with. Oh, yes. well. Yeah, so the the wheel was 1981 books, uh, case of so basically a versus episode. Mm -hmm. But what we decided to do instead of one of us taking one side and the other taking the other side, we decided to find top books from 1981. So we picked two books from 1981 that were in the like advice book, the management self help kind of section. One of them is called the One Minute Manager. The second book, Getting to Yes, Negotiating Agreements Without Giving In. Yeah. And it's a kind of an, it was a new thing too, is, is that, hey, we're, let's negotiate differently. So these both came out at about the same time or at least the same year. So they're pretty good. I remember reading the Getting to Yes in, in college in a negotiation class. Um, so I'm familiar with that. And then the, the, the one minute manager is kind of a short read. So I can give a little, I don't know, summary of each and we can talk about it. You want to do it that way? That works for me. Let's do it. So the one minute manager is a short read and there's really three key 
lessons for for this. The first is there's three techniques to greatness. One, it's set your goals in a minute for an employee. Two, praise them, but no more than a minute of praise. Or if you need reprimand, do that too, but no more than a minute. So really, it's kind of like three-minute manager if you think about it. <laughs> and we're not, uh, your employees aren't nice obs. So the author says, hey, you know, we have this old school kind of kind of uh, way of thinking about employees. Like we're always looking for now I got you USOB. That's a nice ob. I got you now. Like you're always looking for like what they're doing wrong, which is still true today. And then conditioning your employees behavior. I, I thought this was interesting. It reminded me kind of like Pavlov responses. Like <laughs> you give them treats when they're doing good. You give them little gentle reprimands when they're doing bad. Um, so that's really the core of this book. So the second book, Getting to Yes, tries to change how we think about negotiation. So people typically have kind of positional bargaining where this is my position, that's your position, and emotions are running high and we're starting with a position. But this book offers a, an alternative way of thinking where it's principled negotiation, right? So we're separating the people and the emotions from the problem. And instead of positions, we're dealing with interests. So keep interests in mind instead of positions. And that way, you can come up with alternatives that are kind of more win-win for both sides, as opposed to this combative, combative way of thinking. And then it has some other concepts like BATNA. So making sure you know your best alternative to a negotiated agreement. So that's basically plan B. And I thought something interesting, negotiation jujitsu. So when people try to engage in positional um, negotiation, you kind of, you either like steer it back to, to the interests or you even have the, with the Japanese use this a lot, uh, just kind of, carefully times silences and that's very powerful um i i learned those i learned that technique in japan so it, it, it i don't know the 80s i think had a lot of different kind of management concepts and especially like a lot of the concepts that were coming out of japan and stuff so it was interesting reads yeah i think when it came to informative Getting to yes was certainly useful. I mean, it calls it out like we use negotiating every day, right? You know, when uh -huh. I talk to my wife and I'm like, you know, what do you want for dinner? And we're kind of negotiating on the dinner or where do you want to go or where we're we going for vacation. So it's, you know, basic negotiations like you and I negotiate, right? Like what, what do we want to do an episode on next week kind of a thing. And we've got our lists and then we, well, you know, negotiate which one we want to do. So there's those kind of negotiations, quick, easy ones, but then you've got, you know, union negotiations right now the actors union and the writers union are on strike in Hollywood negotiating for better working conditions, better pay, that kind of stuff. And they use a lot of real world examples with a mix of hypothetical examples with unions being pretty common. I, I, I do like some of the advice that it gives as well. And it's like, you know, focus on the problem, not the person, like you were saying, and, and try to negotiate with the best intent and that kind of stuff. So it had the, what was it, the three criterias in regards uh, to? 
Are, are you talking about the three criteria for like the negotiation? Yeah. Uh, any method of negotiation may be fairly judged by three criteria. It should produce a wise agreement. If agreement is possible, it should it should be efficient and it should improve or at least not damage the relationship between parties, which I think is important because at some point in time, the actors union and the studios, for example, are going to need to renegotiate their contracts or, or auto workers or uh, political parties, right? They're constantly mm -hmm. burning their bridges with the other side through the way they negotiate. So yeah, this kind of stuff would come in very handy. Yeah, I, I agree. I, so to let you know, there's another book I read too that had come out in the early 2000s when I was in college, and it was almost a direct rebuttal. And it even even in the title, it said, Start With No. It's a book by Jim Camp. And he says, hey, this whole getting to yes thing is, is not really great because actually you're always kind of in this place of neediness. And he offered, he, he wrote a whole book that kind of rebuted the whole, the whole thing. So that's another, that's an interesting thing where, you know, throughout the eighties and nineties, this whole getting to yes was kind of became kind of the new way that people were thinking. And then Jim Camp came out and said, no, in fact, start with no. Um, so it wasn't, that's it, just, if you're interested in reading more, I think this would be a good follow-up book. But I, I like getting to yes. I, I like the concept of principled negotiation as opposed to positional bargaining. I think it works best when you have, at least you have some big common interests or even if you're on the same team or or you're you're really connected in a way. I think it works less when you're in a pretty adversarial position, though. Like, I don't think we should like get to yes with Vladimir Putin. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think we should start with no. So I, I think this is good if you if if you know that both parties at least have some interest in negotiating in good faith, but if the other party doesn't, then I think that this method is not as good and you should read the other book called start with no. Or have a BATNA in place, right? Yeah. Have a BATNA. You'll definitely need a BATNA. Have your alternative. Uh, it is, it's interesting because the comparison between the two books is like, this is all about negotiating positively. Start with no is starting with kind of a negative. And it's kind of funny because in the eighties, I would say the political parties negotiated better with one another. And now they don't at all. They start with no. Now they say, this is my side. This is all mm -hmm, I'm going to agree mm -hmm. to. And I will not change it, And they called that out in this book a little bit too, is like, don't broadcast your position if you don't have to, because mm -hmm. by doing that, you then have to stick to your position. And so right. if you don't make it- And yeah. really it's about interests, not positions. That's the whole point of this is if you can if you can do your jujitsu and keep the interests in mind, you'll often find that you have the same interests as the party you're negotiating with, mm -hmm. right? And then emotions might become whatever, but at least they, they start to look at you as like, hey, this is kind of a partner in some of my interests here. Maybe I should negotiate in good faith. So- I'm I'm more of a yes person for sure, but then but once you re reach a certain point with some some parties, there's that then it breaks down. So yeah, it's certainly 
based on the situation and who you're negotiating with, because there are, and you, and this is under the assumption that the other party is also fa- negotiating in good faith, right? Which they might not be. Yeah, that's that's how this works well, but mm-hmm. it doesn't work well if one party is not negotiate. Like like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't get to yes with Vladimir Putin. Like, yeah, <laughs> it should be no all the time unless it's like him leaving. Yeah, his people leaving the the invasion and all that. You know what I'm saying? So, but you go to the to 12 minute manager. One of the things is one stuck minute out manager? for me, bro. One minute manager. Yeah. Well, I, I get confused. <laughs> How many a lot of, there's a lot of minutes in this yeah. for one minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Some of this doesn't hold up. I don't think the conditioning thing holds up very well because I don't think it works for kind of smart people who know what you're doing. Um, like conditioning doesn't work for me. So don't try it, future manager. Yeah. But one thing I do like is uh, setting like the Pareto 20%, set your top goals focus on those there's just so many managers even today they just oh they have this huge list of all these goals and they're all equal priority and it's it's tiresome because they don't focus right so in a way i think this one minute manager is a way where you, you can use the techniques to manage your manager you know what i'm saying like i think Ooh, it's better you referenced for- my book <laughs> yeah, how to I manage did. your manager by Milo That's Dennison, right. available today. <laughs> yeah, a little plug. We'll put a link in the show notes. By the way, My, Milo wrote a book called "How to Manage Your Manager." Yeah. But this this would be a good way. For instance, like how many times if you had a manager who just who's all over the place, haphazard, no focus, and you have to tell him, "Hey, him or her, hey, what are the most like important, impactful things? Can we just focus on those, please?" Oh yeah, and 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 the whole concept of like we're not nice that like not stop the nice saw behavior. Like how many managers who have you had are just sitting there watching you waiting, waiting for something bad. And then they jump in. Oh man. Like, and, just, and it's, they save it for review time too. Right. And they kind of yeah, mentioned yeah, it yeah. it's like, okay, we have to have the top and we have to have the bottom. So let's wait and find those bottom people so we can call them out for it and use that to give That's somebody a do. bad review. And here's the, th- yeah. And here's the thing at review time, my managers are always, a lot of times like in the past have been pretty surprised with me because they'll sit there and they'll nitpick at my weaknesses or whatever. And I'll actually stop them in the middle and say, Hey, I appreciate the time you're spending here, but I'm well aware of my weaknesses. I could write a book about all my weaknesses. I have a huge list of all the things I'm not good at, all the things that make me kind of hard to work with. I get that. But I, what I'd like to focus on are the things that are that make me strong, that are my strengths, and, and focus on those and, and make those better. Because I don't think my weaknesses are going away anytime soon. So, and they're they're just like flabbergasted because half of them don't even have anything good about about you, right? They're like, well, and they start flux going through their papers. Oh, you don't have anything good about me, do you? Oh, I guess I'm just terrible. Why am I still employed? Why did you had two rounds of layoffs? I'm still around. Come on. You're a crappy manager. That's what it is. I had that happen to me. Uh, They did layoffs. And I'm like, why am I still here? If you think I'm such a terrible employee. And then I went to another manager and the other manager thought I was a great employee. And I'm like, wait a minute. I do the same quality of work to both of you. Yet one of you thinks I'm terrible and the other's fantastic. Yeah. We worked at the same like large software company back in the day. And 
you and I would be the ones that wouldn't mind getting laid off with a severance. <laughs> and we survived two layoffs. Remember that? Yes, we totally. Like, what? <laughs> I know all these people. I know people. I know coworkers who were upset in the bathroom crying. And you kept me. I'd have been like, sweet, peace out. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> But it is a, a good point, though, because they do call it out in this. Like people, when people feel good about themselves, they produce good work. And it's totally true. If you make me feel like I'm a good employee and you appreciate the work I do, I'm going to work harder and I'm going to do good work. If you're constantly calling out the bad things I do, and I'm going to be like, well, then F you, man. I'm just going to sit here and milk it for as long as I can. Yeah. And it really is the hallmark. Like I've had one manager that I can say was awesome in my whole career i can say i had one and that's kind of what he did he was more of a coach and when you when when you like he used the like i was doing all this stuff he wanted to do with like scaled agile and he used my team as a model even and he'd like and he'd bring other teams over and even like external consultants and he'd have me explain what we're up to that's what he focused on and all the bad stuff he he He'd he wouldn't focus on it. He just oh, he's still like, gonna he, let you know. Yeah, like but the stuff that I'm not doing right, he'd be like these. And, but it'd only be if it's like a like a problem, kind of a problem problem, like it's inhibiting growth or whatever. But otherwise, he just let other things kind of like go. Whatever, like let's focus on the goodness. But most managers aren't, man. Most managers aren't that way because they're they're kind of still number one, they're narcissists. Most managers are in their position because they want power. They're they're megalomaniacal narcissists and they and they're all about what you can do for them. And therefore, and, and they're also insecure as shit, right? So so it's all about, oh, everything bad you do reflects on me and me, 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 me. That's most managers that way. And then they want to please everybody. So they have like 10,000 goals and they're all of equal priority. And they call that out too. Like make sure that you're setting good goals, clear goals in the in the book, right? Write them down so that everybody knows. And because when you, this is a quote, when you assume that people know what's expected of them, you are creating an ineffective form of bowling. So the it's, I don't know about how well that's written, but the point being is you need to be clear as to what the goals are and they need to be short, right? They don't need to be these super long drawn out, just put it on a document somewhere so that everybody has a reference to it and you can refer it. And like the, the, the feedback, right? If you do something wrong, you know, you do something wrong, right? So I, you don't need a manager necessarily coming down on you because you did it. So in a one minute reprimand, right? Walk over to the person's desk saying, hey, this happened. The person says, yeah, I know I messed up. Okay, good. We're both on the same page. Done. Yeah. And all you're really doing is making sure that they understand the consequences of it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you go to someone with a big mole in the face. Like they don't need you to tell, tell them they got the big mole in the face, right? They know. All you have to do is wink, kind of point out a little bit. Boom. <laughs> you know, that's it. Move on. Focus on ways to fix the issue instead of just bashing people for, but they know people know when they screw up, they know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that too, in regards to empower people to do the job, right? Don't mm -hmm. over get involved too heavily in what they're doing because you need to know that you're hiring good people and, and they're doing good work. <laughs> my, my problem with this book really is the format so it's written from a point of view of this guy goes into an office and he wants to learn from the one minute manager. 
And the one minute manager says this. And then so he goes and talks to another ploy about the one minute manager. And it, it's just kind of ridiculous of like, oh, have you talked to the one manager? Yeah, I've talked to the one minute manager. The one minute manager is great, isn't he? Oh, yeah, the one minute man manager is totally great. Do you want to be a one minute manager? I'd like to be a one minute manager. You know, it, it is kind of silly. And that was kind of a thing in the 80s where these management books were written as kind of fables or novels. And it's like, for instance, there's a great book called The Goal by Dr. Eliyahu Goldratt. And it's it's this novel. And if you if you just keep in mind like what he's trying to say, it's great. But if you're reading it and then you're kind of your mind drifts into the fact that it's a novel, it's like this is the shittiest novel I ever read, man. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I think in the 80s you saw that a lot where they're trying to get creative about, hey, we'll make kind of this fictional story that that still kind of lets people know eh, it's I think it's kind of outdated. That that whole hey one minute manager did you talk to the one minute manager yeah it's I, they updated this book by the way oh, recently like yeah. maybe seven years ago it's called the new one minute manager I don't I didn't get a chance to look at what the differences were or whatever but it's supposed to be like an updated for the twenty first century thing so uh, oh well, it definitely needs that because there's a lot of touching in this so very different <laughs> between eighty one and now because it's like. Oh, you know, if you want to, <laughs> the one minute manager reprimand was just, it's like, he comes to my desk, touches me on the shoulder, sits in front of me and tells me what I did wrong and how he feels about it. So let's kind of treat your play or like a child or something. Like, it's just like, well, it is kind of like that. That's, I think that's the biggest problem I have with this yeah. one minute manager. It is, it is very, this paternal maternal thing. I, I, that's why I still think it's a little, maybe a little old fashioned, maybe not at the time, but now it is like, I, I, I like the whole set goals, but I don't, I don't necessarily. And, and I like the whole one minute, like praise or not, because here's the problem with managers nowadays is they won't say anything until review time. And then suddenly there's this whole list of things and it's not iterative feedback because they're too, they're too woody. Like they're just too scared to give you like feedback real time and they wait till the the review, which is why I like, I don't even care about reviews. I actually told managers in the past, I actually, I'm here to sign off on papers or whatever. I don't care about this review at all. Um, but in the conditioning, the behavior, I, I, I think maybe that works if you're doing something more automaton like. Um, but if you're actually in knowledge work and you're collaborating and you're actually using your mind, ah, people like smart people know when you're trying to condition their behavior. Like I, 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 if you try to manage me, like by trying to condition my behavior, like in a Pavlov Pavlovian kind of way, I'm going to know that you're doing that and it's going to frustrate me. So I, I think this book is a little outdated. Absolutely. But hey, when you've done something right, you can go over to your employee's desk, sit down, put your hands on their shoulder and touch them in a friendly way to tell them the great job they did. <laughs> yeah. You're creepy. You've done a great job, Bill. Thank you so much. You just yeah. gave him a little massage. Bill's like, uh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Good job. Like, could you not touch me anymore? 
oh no office massages please thank you <laughs> yeah the, nowadays don't don't touch people too much that's no. not cool i mean it's just the state that we live in yeah which i'm fine with i don't want my manager coming over and touching me to uh, the most i'll do is of... maybe a little pat you know yeah, i like fine my sure pats. whatever but don't but sit, the whole put, sit put, down put, at my put, desk. Put and... my hands on my shoulders. Yeah. And... <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. So, um, and then getting to yes, I actually thought certainly had tons of useful advice, but to your point, it depends on the situation. And I did find myself spacing off quite a bit while reading it. Whereas the one minute manager, I was able to read through, focus on it and, and didn't really space off. And then I got into getting to yes. And I'm like, well, oh shit, I just read a page and don't remember what I just read. Yeah, you should have read it in the opposite fashion. Maybe so. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the books, on either book? I mean, thumbs up. I have thumbs up on them. I, I think some of them, some of the concepts are outdated. Some of the some of it's outdated. The the getting the yes, I, I, I actually like that orientation. I prefer that orientation myself. Um, but I, I, I also... You know the the start with no by Jim Camp came out and and it was it made good points like hey there there's a point where you have to start with no and you know getting to yes is kind of a needy makes you be needy and so I I would recommend reading both of these books but then I would also recommend reading the follow up um, the new one minute manager and then uh, start with no as kind of uh, updates or rebuttals to these books. So, yeah, good advice. Yeah. I'm definitely a thumbs up on getting to yes. I like some, I like the concepts and the management styles of one minute manager. I'm, like I said, I don't like all the touchy feely in the format, but it's certainly a thumbs up book. albeit, Yeah. I'll, I'd like to read the updated version of it and see how they got rid of some of the, some of that stuff. But that's it. You know, the 80s started to see a lot of these type of books more and more. Yeah. Um, and a lot of new management practices started to come out in the 80s. And a lot of uh, concepts from Japan, because they started kicking ass, like with their manufacturing, started to come out in the 80s. So, yeah, maybe we can at uh, some point have a, like a whole kind of book list for 80s management books. And Right. It's good. It's good that we read again. I haven't read in a while. I haven't been slacking on my reading. So, yeah, down no, there. Yeah, they're not difficult reads. I read them both and didn't have. Yeah, perfectly fine as well. Yeah. So go go read them, people. Go check them out. Let us let us know what you think. You can do that. Uh, visit our website, the eighties and nineties dot com. You can always uh, give us a review as well. We don't mind those. Uh, preferably five star reviews on wherever you know. I'm assuming you're subscribed to this podcast, but if not. Do it and tell a friend to subscribe as well. And with that, I'm actually going to leave you with the last lines from the One Minute Manager as he is speaking to a woman who wants to learn from the One Minute Manager as to how to be a One Minute Manager. And the One Minute Manager says, I'm glad to share my management secrets with you. As he showed the visitor to his couch, I will only make one request of you. What's that? The visitor asked. Simply, the manager began, that's you, dot, dot, dot. What the hell does he have a couch? Who has a couch nowadays? <laughs> wow. Is, Sit down on my couch and I will teach you all you need to know about being a one-minute manager. <laughs> oh, really? 
Nobody yes. has a couch anymore. I just have it's one couch. request. What's that? That you don't tell anybody what happened on the couch. <laughs> or they don't tell so anybody cool. I have a couch because I'm not supposed to have an office as big. Managers don't get that kind of stuff anymore, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> the couch. Yeah, that's what it's all couch. about man that's how you negotiate and become a good manager you get them on the couch baby get them on the couch <laughs> let's just sit on the couch let's have a have a whiskey we'll talk about managing